is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, Editor-in-Chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, and former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. Got to shush her up. We got a lot to talk about. Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief of ArrowheadPride.com, hanging out. The linebacker, Sean Barber. The American dream, Dusty Likens behind the glass would say, big day for the Chiefs. No longer going to Mexico, Sean. But before we get into that, tell me something good to start everybody's favorite hour of the week. Man, this is a busy day. I had all these ideas, and then I got bombarded with Le'Veon deciding to show up but not show up. Uh, The field conditions, we see drone pictures of uh, what it looks like uh, somebody's backyard garden that the NFL is about to play a game on that it decided maybe it's smarter not to play a game on. I don't know anywhere else where you would take million-dollar assets and put them on a crappy field and hope nobody get hurt just to say you played in a foreign land, like like a foreign country. Like, that makes no sense to me, especially when you have a, you know, perfectly, like, a hundred other venues they could play on. Come back to Arrowhead. We could have played there. There's a lot of aspects of this that make absolutely no sense, but why don't we just start uh, with the timeline here? Over the weekend, these pictures and videos start to come out of Estadio Azteca. Azteca, I'm saying that wrong probably 100%. In Mexico City, uh, there had been a Shakira concert on October 11th. Shakira, Shakira. Then we get videos and photos coming out this morning. Lara Moritz of KNBC, you can see resodding being done. There were photos and videos. All of a a sudden, we we blow up the, the videos on Arrowhead Pride. 20 minutes later, the videos are gone. So the NFL Mafia... Uh, got to poor uh, Miss Moritz. I hope she's okay in Mexico City. Who knows? Down there with all the cartel and things. Um, then today at 221, the players ch- chime in. And, Sean, I do want to get back to this after we get through this uh, timeline. But the players, they don't want to put their bodies at risk. Adam Schefter of ESPN saying one prominent player says it's not fair uh, to risk our health. Then at 346 p.m., just a few hours ago, the NFL comes out with a statement. Executive Vice President of International Mark Waller, we have worked extensively with our partners in Estadio Azteca for months in preparation for this game. Until very recently, we had no major concerns. Okay, so no major concerns recently. But the combination of a difficult rainy season and a heavy multi-calendar event, uh, calendar of events at the stadium has resulted in significant damage to the field that presents unnecessary risks to player safety and makes it unsuitable to host an NFL game. As a result, we have determined that moving the game is the right decision and one that we needed to announce now to allow our teams and fans to make alternate arrangements. Now, here's my problem with this whole thing. All right. They didn't decide to go to Mexico City last month. No. Two weeks ago. No. One week ago. Maybe. (laughs) Yesterday, this morning, April 18th, they announced it. So when did they have the date? Probably a month before that. How is the field not ready? How, if you're the National Football League, do you not have members of your organization, prominent members, the best field guys you got? You're all about international expansion. How do you have nobody monitoring this field to making sure Shakira, Shakira, Shakira. doesn't ruin <laughs> your international, your first international game here since pa- Patriots and, and Raiders, eighteen and two combined records. That's such an opportunity. And you blew it. How does that happen if you're the National Football League? That's that's a uh, that's way above my my pay scale. Um, I was just thinking they was gonna just 
you know, pay to have a turf field put in. I was, you know, just drop a million dollars, a couple million dollars, get the, a nice turf field put in, put all these graphics all on it, and, and, and let them, you know, use it for the rest of their life. I mean, the NFL got plenty of money falling out their pockets, coming out their ears. Um, they can afford everything that they want to do. So to me, it was just a, um, it was the inconvenience and the quickest way to, you know, get on with the inconvenience is move the location to some, a place they know has enough money and enough fans. There's enough money there in L.A. to pay for uh, a lot of extra home games. Carrington Harrison, who was just on the drive, said, you know, the players really weren't interested in putting their health at risk. We heard that from Adam Schefter. I want to get into that with you because you come from this old school brand of football that I, I feel like if this were the case back when you were playing, it just would have been a different tone. No, definitely. I mean, it, as long as, you know, 100 yards with 50 some yards wide, if you can put lines on it, we playing on the same field. Let's go. Put the ball down. Uh, you know, anything probably a little bit less uh, less dangerous in a parking lot uh, that you can put lines on and, and we can go out there and put pads on and hit, then you're pretty much ready to roll. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're playing a game. It's football. If something does happen, let's say you twist an ankle or something like that, it happens on a field that you, that you already knew was an unsafe environment, then that just becomes, what, liable for lawsuits and all that kind of stuff. So, and best believe, if I had a chance to get out on the field and in some form or fashion sue the NFL, oh, I'd be set for life. So I would have <laughs> – you couldn't have you couldn't have, you couldn't have dragged me out of Mexico. I would have been, play, been playing on that field uh, at all costs. But there is a matching of, of today's events, isn't there? Like the deadline passes for Le'Veon Bell. He will not play this year. And you have the players, again, from Adam Schefter, one prominent player saying it's not fair to risk our health. It's just a change of the mindset of – the NFL players. So when you see that as an ex-player, you played in a completely different era when maybe you guys weren't necessarily thinking of yourself enough. Are you happy that it's trending in this direction, or do you feel, okay, listen, uh, I think you guys are being a little soft here. Well, I mean, I, I know one thing. When I put that helmet on and, sn- and snapped up those uh, buckles on the side, it was <laughs> – I was trying to – it was it was to create some hurt and some pain and things like that. So the avoidance of, of the possibility of getting hurt when my whole mentality and goal was to – try to hurt somebody um it, it, it seemed like a conflict of interest and so i mean once i turn the switch on it's time to go play out before the game i listen to my eminem uh i listen to my dre uh some of those those, those other type artists to get me in the right mindset and like i said it didn't matter at that point it didn't matter what the, the field surface was or was high grass low grass. everybody talked about the, the length of the grass you know we, we got a fast track the grass is low we got our our players gonna be running fast or Hey, when we don't have a lot of you know speed on the field, we want to make sure to tell the grass people to let the grass grow an extra inch higher to take some speed away from the other teams. I didn't care about the height of the grass or the the, the, the softness or the density of the ground underneath the grass. Hike the ball and let me go hit the ball carrier. That's all that mattered. I'm not even trying to be rude here. I'm just being honest. Isn't there a case to be made that the Oakland Coliseum conditions were worse than what you were seeing, I think, even on video coming through on Twitter today? Oh, man. It, it, that, that field did look bad. On a, on a regular basis. Listen, if anybody, you know, I mean, this is not the, the right conference and the right division or anything, but if anybody from my era played at the vet, that was nothing but cement with a, with a, with a nice plus carpet rolled out on top of it. It had bumps. It had pieces of it that were uh, duct taped down, uh, missing pieces of carpet, cement showing. When you hit that 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 that, that vet that vet concrete it hurt it did, it had no give to it. So many guys 
just planting the, the jump for a ball, torn knees, all this kind of stuff. And they just kept playing games on it and acting like, you know what, for some reason, 100 guys get hurt on a vet. Uh, other locations, only, you know, a few people got hurt, and they just kept scheduling games at the vet. So that, that, that's a, uh, that, that was a, a dangerous place waiting to happen. Before the game got canceled, Andy Reid was asked about whether or not he was worried about the field conditions on Monday. Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen it, but I, I think the NFL, uh, they're on top of it. They, they do a great job with all that stuff, so I'm not really worried about all that. I have two points to make about this decision. I think it's good and bad. Again, it's good because I think in the past there's been situations, you know, whether with the uh, players and suspensions and so on and so forth, different decisions that have been made, that the NFL just won't go back on it. It's a, a poor decision that it made. The good thing is they went down there today and they said, okay, you know what? This is unplayable. We don't want Patrick Mahomes and Todd Gurley, our two MVP candidates, risking their seasons for this game that really, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at these two teams and who they're playing and, and their conferences, won't matter in the, in the in the form of a... I mean, it's going to be a marquee game, but it won't matter whether or not they make the playoffs. So I think that was good. You know, you cut your loss, whatever. It is a little bit of a, a PR mess. But that's the bad part. I just think it just could have been a little bit more well-planned. Like I just, it, It's unbelievable how many times... Because this isn't the first time. If you go back to the Hall of Fame game, mm-hmm. just a couple uh, years ago, the Hall of Fame game, the paint? What, how is no <laughs> one checking the paint? Like I just don't understand how this organization that has been at it for years is the most popular sport in our country. Makes so much money. How are you not thinking? How do you not have the best people? How is there not decisions being made where you are making the best possible decision in every possible situation? Well, I just think it's, it's good and bad. They got people that check in the people and second guess people, and they got plan Bs and Cs and everything. So as long as there's a plan B, as long as there's uh, no, no ultimatums and there's always an option open, the NFL has always survived. They'll come out on the, on the side looking nice and rosy and. And good after, you know, a great game in L.A. You know, there's a lot of people in Mexico probably a little frustrated they didn't get to play. A lot of people playing on. I got some tweets this week of Mexican fans that were finally excited to see the Chiefs play for the first time. I mean, there is an aspect of this, especially, too, you think about the people in Kansas City and Los Angeles who have booked flights. I don't think you're just going to get refunded in flights unless you uh, had insurance on them. If you're going to call up the, the airline and say, hey, game's canceled. Give me that money back. Go take your trip. You just don't get to. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Go take your trip. Enjoy yourself. Watch this. Watch Monday Night Football in LA yeah. from Mexico City. Enjoy, enjoy. That's life. One thing I gotten to do uh, as a member of Arrowhead Pride is head out to Los Angeles uh, to see what Chiefs LA is all about. I went into the Chiefs Jets game last year, and it was a lot of fun. It's headed up by a guy named Chris Wedding. If you've seen pictures from LA, he's the guy who arranges all these tailgates. Guess what? He's having a surprise tailgate on Monday, and we'll talk to him after the break. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio taking you to 7 o'clock. That's when Think It Night begins. Editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, hanging out with Sean Barber. And, Sean, we got a special treat on the line Chris Wedding, this guy is the head of Chiefs LA. I would say it's one of the bigger Chiefs contingents that's out there. I talked to Chris prior to the season, and he he goes to me, Pete, I'm so bummed out. I'm so bummed out they're doing Chiefs Rams in Mexico City because we're not going to be able to have a watch party. 
So this is Christmas come early for you, Chris. What's up, everybody? Live from Chiefs, Los Angeles. It's Chris Wedding. How are you guys doing? And yes, you are right. Christmas has come early to Los Angeles. Uh, the fact that we get to throw a second tailgate out here this year is amazing. And uh, I feel really bad, though, because Jonathan, Dylan, and a lot of my other boys uh, from Chiefs, Los Angeles, are actually headed down to Mexico City. So they're all scrambling to make plans to come out here now, which is great news, but also it's kind of bittersweet. Like, it's a pretty big uh, cluster that the NFL has caused with this move. But uh, in the end, you know, the Los Angeles fans win. So Let me, that's for sure. Let, let's get into that a little bit. I want to I get the two sides of this because I want to hear from you. you. You had no intention of going down to Mexico City, it sounds like. So when you're starting to see this today. Just take me through the day for you as a member of Chiefs LA and then the elation of the moment you found out, okay, this thing's going to be happening right in my backyard. Funny enough, I was actually looking into tickets. I was actually looking into driving out to Tijuana to get tickets to Mexico City because they were so much cheaper than flying out of L.A. last minute. Uh, but then this news broke, and so uh, you know, I'm kind of fortunate that I didn't follow through with that. And yeah, news broke last night. There were there was some static on the radio about it, uh, and then this morning, you know, the steam just kept on building for this story about you know, first it was those overhead pictures of the of the of the uh, field looking really poor. And then it was, uh, you know, tweets by different members of different teams anonymously saying how they really don't want to play on that field. And, uh, and then next thing you know, uh, yeah, games moving to LA. And I got to say, you know, the whole time I was really bummed, like I said, for my, for my uh, fellow fans that were headed down there, but I did kind of have my fingers crossed behind my back because uh, <laughs> who doesn't want to see more football live? You know what I mean? There you go. And, yeah. And, uh, I gotta say, like as soon as as soon as the news was, uh, you know that that it might switch, there was already like our Facebook page was lit up with like I'm in, I'm in, let's go, let's do this, sea of red, you know, loud and proud. And uh, I just started a, an event as soon as I knew it actually got switched. We started it probably about two hours ago. We already have 200 plus people interested or going to our tailgate. That uh, right now we still don't know where that's going to be, but I think it's going to be on the south lawn there near the Coliseum. Um, but people can tune in uh, to our Facebook page and our event uh, if they need more information on that. Because I know a lot of people from all over are going to be flying into L.A. that were planning on going to Mexico City and already had travel plans. So uh, we hope we can get everybody together and still still give Chiefs uh, semblance of some not home field advantage. I don't think we'll be able to overpower the Rams like we do the Chargers. But I think we can show up pretty loud and proud uh, with the sea of red if, if everybody kind of tunes in and gets on the, gets on the uh, bandwagon here. Chris, I want to just jump to the other side of it quick. You mentioned Jonathan Dillon, who's your partner with Chiefs Los Angeles. How is he feeling? Is yeah. he is, is he are, are they going to still head down to Mexico City? Or are they just saying, okay, forget about these plans? Are they going to stay stay in LA? Just what are, what are some of those guys doing? Oh, I can't even imagine what everybody's going through right now. We already have hotels and airlines. Right. I doubt. I doubt you know, are going to get their money back for that kind of stuff. So I don't even know what's going on on that uh, respect yet. Jonathan is actually a, uh, a Ram season ticket holder as well out here. Oh, a trader. He's, he's, a, tra- he's, a, he's a Chiefs trader is what he is. No, 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 no. He's not a trader. He's got a second uh, but, you know, everybody, needs to play. everybody wants to see more football. And if you're a Chiefs fan out here, you only get one game a year live. So why not have another team if they're in L.A. to go see? But So he gets tickets. Uh, uh, he got some tickets. So the Rams get first bids on those. 
but man, I, I, I just can't imagine the upset for people who are, uh, from all over who are planning on going and having a great time down in Mexico City. Like, what a cool venue and what a cool, you know, trip. And now all of that is just upside down. I can't even imagine Chris, you mentioned that you you mentioned that you guys are going to have that tailgate real quick. Do you guys have anything else planned for the weekend? What what's uh, what wheels are turning in LA before we let you go? Yeah, no. Uh, really, it's just going to be the tailgate and the game on Monday uh, that we got going on. And and uh, anybody else who wants to watch some football on Sundays can still come to our normal venue, Jalapeno Pete. But uh, anybody who wants to go to the game on Monday, just tune into facebook.com slash Chief Los Angeles. And uh, we'll have all the updates on where to get tickets and where the tailgate's going to be. And uh, and if you have any questions, just shoot me a message. All right, Chris. Well, I can hear. I can hear the smile on your face. Uh, have a good Have a good time on yeah. Monday. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. Good talking to you. Chris Wedding of Chiefs LA. You can find their stuff on uh, Chiefs Los Angeles Facebook page. You can go to that tailgate if you're headed out there, if you're listening from LA. Now you have something to do on Monday night. I want to get to Andy Reid's comments this week. We've been talking about the field for about half the show, so I want to get into some football here. And one thing we did see uh, on Sunday that we really haven't seen, I think, all year was some struggles along the offensive line. And uh, Andy Reid was asked about them this week, and he said, you know what, this could actually be a good thing. It can be a positive for us. That group hasn't played a bunch together. And so they did a couple things in there that will help us down the road here and we can learn from. Um, it wasn't just a physical thing. In a couple cases it was, but it wasn't just a physical thing. So, um, and, and we seemed to kind of adjust to it that second half and do a little bit better job. So, um, uh, But I think it's, you know, we don't, we've got to do better, obviously. And, and that's what we're trying, we're always striving to do. Um, but uh, I appreciate their effort and the ability to make some changes in there and, and uh, communicate. And, work it out. So. I think it's actually been remarkable the past couple of weeks where you have all these changes along the offensive line. You really weren't talking about them. I know Eric Fisher's been a point of contention for some Chiefs fans throughout the years. You hadn't really talked about uh, Eric Fisher uh, at all this year, and Chandler Jones did give them fifths this weekend. Yeah, I think, what, what you know, when you listen to Andy, one of the things when he says, you know what, we have some O-line struggles, but there's been some positives. Right. The, the chance for guys going out there and having some snaps together, it's not a skill thing. It wasn't an effort thing. Um, it was just a communication thing. And so it was, you know, they got to get used to hearing each other's voices and making the right calls. Um, you know, when D-lines slant gaps or do different stunts, the way we pick them up, you know, the words we're going to say to be alert for a TE or ET, like, you know, all those kind of things have to be talked, and you have to be able to do it on the fly. And it's usually a one-word type command, one-word type uh, communication thing that gets everybody in the O-line um, on the same page. And when the interior of that line, the center and the two guards are all kind of new and being switched around, then sometimes who says what and what that person supposed to say gets kind of lost in translation. So um, the more those guys get to watch film together, hear each other talking, um, it doesn't matter who the guys are between, you know, we, it's some it's great D-tackles this week with Sue right. and uh, Donald. But it, their skill level is not as important as our communication level. Yeah, and I think that's what worries me, like, this weekend, it only gets harder. They've got a, a, a healthy load in there of good football players, and they're well coached. So, um, and, and listen, we're, we're going to go back through and uh, like we do each week and stick the process here. We're just a, we'll be a day, a little bit a day later than what we normally are, but uh, for a Sunday game. But um, we'll jump right back into making sure we get ourselves right 
um, and study them and make sure we have that part down. Chiefs should have Sammy Watkins back on offense this week, and you add that into the mix now too. Sammy's going back to Los Angeles, and you have also when you think about this defense and all they can do with the front seven, they have the crowd on the, their sides now, and really what will be the unofficial Super Bowl preview. I know the Saints are in the mix there, the Patriots coming off that loss. You really have three teams in the mix here. These are two of the three going at it on prime time. This is going to be a game that I'm, I'm interested in seeing the ratings because this is one that everybody is going to be watching now, I think, for a lot of reasons. Oh, definitely. Not only the Peters, you know, coming from our from our team, landing there, the accumulation of so many, you know, high-profile players to L.A., um, the team moving itself to one of the, you know, richest venues and one of the richest, uh, you know, TV markets as possible. And then the way the Chiefs are. Chiefs are just a homegrown, you know, middle of the United States, and roll-up-your-sleeve type team. Um, not all, not into all the flash and dash and everything. Um, finally drafted a quarterback, and now he's you know leading one of the most highly you know, profiled um, offenses in the league, putting up points and touchdowns like like people wouldn't imagine. Um, even making the cover of Sports Illustrated coming out next week, you know, That's right. with, with that future edition one, Pat Showtime Mahomes. So yeah, it's a it's a you know it's it's, it's the new generation. Uh, him and golf are the new generation of quarterbacks coming into the league. Quick point about that: I, I like the SI cover from Patrick Mahomes. I wonder if it's as uh, awesome as it was. I think for for you know you and I growing up, because I just don't think as as many people realize like how cool it is to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But for him to do it this young, I think is a cool thing. You did mention a word we haven't really been allowed to say in the radio. I feel like Marcus Peters. We'll get into more of Peter's, everyone's favorite topic in Kansas City, next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio bringing you to 7 o'clock until bank at night. Editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney here, hanging out with the linebacker, Sean Barber. American Dream, Dusty Likens on the ones and twos. And Sean, I want to get into a topic that... Not Marcus Peters. I know you got your Marcus Peters jersey on. We'll get into that in a second. But I want to get into a topic you, I consider, an expert on. And that is linebacker play. You're a 10-year linebacker in the National Football League. And Next Gen Stats came out with this this week. Everyone's been talking about it. The Chiefs defense generated pressure on Josh Rosen on 54.5% of dropbacks. The highest pressure rate by a team in any game this season. This is the Chiefs we're talking about. D. Ford and Justin Houston combined for 15 pressures. Averaging less than 3.4 yards from the quarterback on pass rush snaps. The Chiefs had a ridiculous 29 pressures in the game. Here was Andy Reid on Justin Houston's return and the linebackers as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you can see it. You, you can see that he's healthy and, and uh, um, D is, is healthy and playing good football. Having Justin opposite, I mean, it just felt right, I'm sure, for him. Um, and and then Breland being able to come in and TK being able to come in. I mean that's a that's a pretty good rotation. And, and Breland to watch him grow over the last little bit when Justin was out is just that's a that's a neat thing for for our guys there, man. But um, I think D D's healthy, feels good about what, you know the things that he's doing. He's doing a good job setting the edge too, which kind of gets uh, you know not overlooked just because of his pass rush, but he's doing playing good football right now. So I look at this game on Sunday, and if D. Ford and Justin Houston are going to play like this, this could be it. I mean, this could really be the team that goes all the way. Well, I mean, that's what you want to see, right? You want to see a healthy D. Ford. You want to see a healthy Justin Houston. 
And, and when you see those guys going full speed when they're 100%, they'll be able to do the things they they wreak havoc in the backfield. They wreak havoc on a, uh, on a quarterback's uh, ability to step up in the pocket or move around in the pocket. And all, all, all year when guys are wondering, like, you know, why Houston is being held out and why he's not coming back earlier, when you see the way they play when they're full speed and they're healthy, you shouldn't want guys to come back when they're not full speed. You shouldn't want guys to be playing 80% because they're making such and such amount of dollars and all that kind of stuff. As a goal, it should be to peak at the end of the season and prepare for the playoff. You want your guys as healthy as possible. If you can maintain that number one seed, healthy as possible going into the playoffs, getting as much rest as possible so they can hit that that field during the playoffs at 100% going full speed. And by allowing Houston to have a couple weeks off, Andy spoke on it, he had allowed Breland to get, get some reps. And right. get better and grow and start to develop his own personality and his own role on the team and TK to show us he can still do it. Um, so that's what you want. You you want the entire room um, for them to be six, seven, almost eight deep at, at, at guys that can be rolled in and stay fresh and get after the quarterback at a high pace. I find too. I think as these players are getting a little older, like Justin Houston is a little older. There's probably a magic percentage of snaps that he should be out there for. And you mentioned it. He missed a couple weeks, so now you can actually trust. Breland speaks when he needs to go in for his limited snaps to actually make a difference in the game, whereas maybe you wouldn't have had that had he not gotten those repetitions those, those couple games. Definitely. It's nothing like it's, no, it's nothing like having game experience for a coach to to really build his trust in an athlete and have a guy go play 100%, 100% um, you know, late in the game, you know, uh, late in the half before the quarter ends. I mean, those are some critical downs. And if you can have trust that Breland can go in there and get, get it done for a few snaps – maybe first and second down, and then bring Houston in on those crucial third down plays to really uh, be able to give that 100% and get after the quarterback, man. That, that's a great rotation that you can get involved into a, a, a kind of like an ebb and flow of the game and really get the best of, of everybody um, as far as the D-line is concerned. And people have been worried about the safety play. That alleviates some of the pressure on your safeties when that happens. Oh, it, cre- it, it, cre- it creates a, 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 a calm water when it comes to defense when you can get after that quarterback. When you get after that quarterback and you can create hurries and rush, uh, they start throwing the ball off timing. You, you, cre- you, you create uh, misreads. You, you create uh, the ball being delivered off target. That makes everybody look better. You, you want to know why the secondary and safety look so good on PFF pro football focus is because <laughs> you get after the quarterback 50-some percent of the time every time he drops back. It's, it's hard not to look good. There's been some heat on PFF lately. Some guy – who has not looked great on PFF, is the jersey you're donning. It's Marcus Peters week. Happy Marcus Peters week. Show. I appreciate that. Uh, unfortunately, you know, my rating on players don't have nothing to do with PFF. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to rely on no PFF to tell me who balling who ain't. I know that the, the Lucas train, Lucas little locomotive is still rolling. I know my man Murray made some plays. Uh, Dirty Dan back in the buildings making plays. Um, uh, Orlando. Uh, Orlando Calrissian is making <laughs> is making the is new twenty two the new the, number 22. the new twenty two is making plays for the Chiefs and then your man you know you know Nelson and, and Fuller man they're doing their thing out there so the, the Chiefs secondary is doing their thing no matter what PFF say if they rank high low you can tell on the field they're getting off the field they're making plays getting their hands on balls that's the important thing and uh, you know unfortunately when you look at the film Marcus Peter I mean he, he has some some plays that you know he's not proud of he'll tell you he'll be first and foremost tell you he's not proud of the way he's been playing lately but 
Uh, this is going to be one of those put-up-shut-up type games where you'll, you'll see his best. The Chiefs made a controversial move, obviously, this offseason, trading Marcus Peters away to the Rams for a couple draft picks shortly after Marcus Peters went on to NFL Network and had this exchange. What are you expecting in this game, and what can fans expect from Patrick I'm Mahomes? expecting turnovers, and I'm expecting to win. <laughs> oh, you're in competitive mode right yeah. now. Yeah, you, so you're expecting to get some turnovers off of What? Already. He, he know how to give me the ball. He know how to give it to you. He know how to give me the ball. So, now, this was in the offseason. I like that. I mean, I don't really consider myself a Chiefs fan. I try to stay unbiased as possible when I'm trying to judge these guys. So I like the fire. I like this game. This should be an interesting game. But that was before a season of struggles. Do you think he's still feeling it coming into this game against oh, Patrick definitely. Most definitely. Man, listen, anything you know about Peters, his confidence is is way through the roof. Um, there, there, I mean, directly after giving up the touchdown to Michael Thomas last week, and I don't think you could tell him he had a bad game. I think he just think he had a bad snap. Um, and so that's always, I mean, his uh, his ultra competitive nature is probably what's gotten him here. Um, his skill level is is he he can create turnovers, he can strip the ball, he can jump routes. Um, but his aggressiveness, um, if if it's not matched up with 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 true discipline, you know, eye discipline and body discipline and playing the discipline of the coverage, it can cost the defense also. And so, unfortunately, he's a risk taker. Yeah, he takes. I mean. That's to be be mild by saying he's a risk taker. I mean, he is a the, the riverboat gambler of defensive backs right now, um, and so he can be you know he can be had on a lot of double moves and, and some skinny moves, some skinny posts, and some some misdirection things. All um, if you give him the indications that he might get his hands on the ball, you can get him to you know really check his feet. So now you had an opportunity. I mean, you're well involved with the Chiefs as an ambassador. You do community events, so on and so forth. You had a little bit of a relationship with Marcus Peters. You like the guy. Right, you were very, you were fond of the guy. So you, you, when you're wearing this jersey, you obviously still. I mean, you're you're the biggest chief supporter as they come. You were the <laughs> one who predicted 35 points a game, but you still support the player from afar. Oh, definitely. I mean, once you once you you you, you wear the uniform, you become a you know Chiefs legend, part of our Chiefs alumni program. I mean, he's still an alumni of the Chiefs, no matter who he continues to go play for and what he can do with, do with his Except career. Except for Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon. Uh, he's still, he's still, Rich Gannon also. They, uh, you know, <laughs> once, you, once you become part of this football family, you stay part of this football family. I just think, you know, all in all, he, he gets a bad rep because he didn't, he didn't look for a lot of accolades from the media or from anybody else when it came to his endeavors off the field. Um, he, he was one of the most generous guys to our community when it came to charitable stuff, off-field stuff. Um, he did a great uh, turkey promotion uh, yeah, down, downtown. Uh, he was uh, attending a lot of the players' events whenever they was doing things for different causes. So when you talk about a guy who was loved in the locker room, I mean, he was loved because of the way his heart was. His heart was here to play ball, to be a team, to a teammate, not to be promoting um, anything on the TV or, or be noter- notarized uh, nationally for the amount of endeavors he did. So for that reason – um, he was definitely one of my, 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 my favorite players because of the way his heart was connected to the kingdom as far as the community was. Sean, I know you got to get out of here pretty soon here. We give you the floor prior to you leaving, thinking about the Cardinals game, thinking about the Rams game, thinking about the change from Mexico City to Los Angeles. What will you be watching this week? Uh, I think all the change is good for the Chiefs. I think that you know um, the Rams had, had planned on being in Denver or someplace – um, with the elevated uh, altitudes so they can try to... They're in Colorado right now, Colorado according to NFL now. Network. Yep. Um, practicing off-site in order to get ready and all that. And the Chiefs are just going to just make it a game week, go play a game um, like, you know, like, like you expect. It's just one game. It doesn't, you know, you're not, you're not changing your routine for the Rams because they're the Rams. And the Chiefs were kind of just taking care of business at hand. So the game coming back to L.A. kind of fits in their travel plans a lot easier than it does the Rams. 
And so for the Rams, they're going to be a home team, but on the away team schedule. And for all the things that are going on back in that community, trying to get family and staff out of the way of those fires and everything. Right. Um, it, it's just a, a a lot of emotions, I think, going on with the Rams right now as far as being one of the best teams in the NFL. It's a lot of pressure on them. Um, they're going to be the favorite. Uh, so this week I'm going to like the underdog. I like the underdog to come up and, and, and smack those Rams right in the mouth early on and and then come out second half with a little bit of some, some wrinkles they're not ready for. Um, you know, you, you, with the Rams, they're always, uh, uh, always um, trying to do some special – uh, trick plays on punt team and kick off. They, you know, they push the envelope on the on the team. The Chiefs do a little bit. The of that Chiefs, too. Do, they, they do a little bit of it they too. So I think Dave Tobe is going to have his. Uh, he's going to be on his A game. Coach Andy Reid going to have the guys ready, prepared to play. And I think you're going to see a four quarter uh, heavyweight bout match come Monday night football and be ready to roll. I think the Chiefs will be victorious though. If you had to take it to that game in Mexico City, apparently you can exchange it tomorrow for a ticket to the new game in L.A. If you can somehow get there, tickets go on sale at 3 p.m. L.A. is supposed to give a number of tickets to first responders, so on and so forth. So that's a nice gesture as well. How can people find you before you go? Oh, you can tweet me at SeanBarber59. Uh, find me on Facebook somewhere. Look for uh, look, look for me at the radio station. I think I changed my picture. It's, it's Barber in my 59 jersey. I might be in a Marcus Peters jersey. You should put a picture of me and you on, on your Twitter. Uh, maybe a picture of me and Pete <laughs> next week. <laughs> My man. All right, brother. All right, Sean Barber. And from Sean Barber, we go to our lead film and draft analyst. It's Kent Swanson. Kent, immediate reaction to to this move from Mexico City to Los Angeles. It's a wild man. Like, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know the last time I've seen a game relocate in this kind of fashion. Um, I kind of think it might the advantage Chiefs, their right. schedule, their plans are really not changing all that much, right? They just get on a plane and go travel, but now it's west instead of south. You know what's funny? I, I sometimes, in my own right, will get on Andy Reid because he's been in doing this for 20 years and he's very into his routine and so on and so forth. You have the Rams and you have McVay, who's a progressive coach, obviously. He's thinking about these high altitudes. He brings his team to Colorado Andy Reid's like, I'm not changing anything. I'm just staying the course, and it really has paid off in this situation, just being old school and sticking to the routine. Right. Like, I mean, and I, I was kind of wondering, like, going into this, I was like, okay, what are the Chiefs going to do to prepare for the altitude? And, like, Andy does seem like one of those guys that really values the routine, and so trying to deviate too far away from that process and that routine, you know, I'm sure they would have done something to help them manage the elevation, but you know, this is it's paying off this week. You know, McVay, the innovator, nope, the, that whole plan got foiled, and, and the Chiefs are kind of well-positioned for everything to, to flow smoothly this week. It's great. I, I certainly think there is an aspect to going to Colorado and coming back home that'll kind of mess with your equilibrium. Well, I guess we'll see how that plays out on Monday night. We're talking to Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst Ken Swanson. Kent, you watch more Patrick Mahomes film outside of the Chiefs than anyone in the city. I, I always plug your stuff at arrowheadpride.com. You always put out the Something Good, Something Bad article on Tuesdays. What is something good you saw from Patrick Mahomes this past week? Yeah, um, you know, I thought the uh, I thought that opening drive was very good. Um, just a really clean, quick start to the game. We all thought the route was on. A couple big plays down the field to Tyreek Hill. One on that sideline throw to start it. A little pressure in his face, actually, too, which is, you know, I don't think you completely notice as much, you know, on the broadcast. You watch the all point, too, there's a little bit of, a little pressure in his face, great ball down the sidelines. And then, you know, 
beautiful up da- up and down ball over the uh, underneath defender in the middle of the field to Tyree Kill for his 30th touchdown tying tying Lynn Dawson. Um, real good start to that game, and there's plenty more to break down. We'll have it this week on AP. Yeah, it was so cool. I thought for a second the Chiefs were just going to blow them out because they score within a minute of the game. You're like, all right, this is going to be exactly how we thought it was. It was far from that. When it comes to something bad for Patrick Mahomes, what'd you find this week? Yeah, so um, I that that weird, you know. Actually, just just a backstory here. Andy loves to throw a lot of different looks at people, especially before big games. I think he was trying to get a lot of different looks on tape for Wade Phillips. So that second drive, you know, they're trying to do a lot of different things. Um, they tried that quick screen thing where. You know, Kareem Hunt motions back into the backfield or pretends to motion back in the backfield with a screen to him. And, you know, the, the receivers were pointing and, and all this stuff, and everybody wasn't set, and they called it illegal motion. I think if the receivers had been set, I still think it would have fallen on Pat, too, because I think they still would have called it illegal motion because Pat wasn't set either. And in those kind of situations, when you're running trick plays, when you're running any plays, any of that basic execution cannot be the fault of the quarterback. And if the receivers had been set, it still might have got called because of Pat. So, you know, he needs to just make sure that, you know, all these opportunities he can't waste, especially a, a special play like that. One thing we got to remember is that he's 23 years old. Like, he, even though he's lighting up the NFL and looks like a quarterback of the future for sure, we got to remember there's still going to be some of these growing pains. Uh, before we let you go, just quickly preview what you got the rest of the week on ourheadpride.com. Uh, tomorrow we'll be breaking down the record-breaking touchdown pass and a couple plays before that as well. Some very special moments with Patrick Mahomes. People are not talking about how great of a ball that was to break Lynn Dawson's record. Arrowhead Pride Laboratory goes up on Wednesday, and we'll have a film breakdown on Thursday as well. Still a lot to cover, and we're getting ready for the Rams game. It's going to be a fun week, man. Arrowheadpride.com, lead film and draft analyst Ken Swanson. Ken, thanks for joining us. Hi, buddy. Kent is the leader of our Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad. He just talked about the wonderful podcast they put out in the middle of the week uh, called The Laboratory, which is a lot of X's and O's deep dive in the content. You can hear the Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad on Bink at Night. Matt Lane uh, tonight at 730 with Bink talking defensive pressures, defensive line play. Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst, he's at 8 o'clock on Wednesdays. You can hear Kent as he wraps up the week with Bink at Night at 630. 30 on Thursdays, in-depth X's and O's talked right here. Bank at night, 610 Sports Radio. Nerd. <laughs> there you go. When we come back, I will read and answer your tweets. I'm expecting a lot of field tweets today. That's next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio and 610 Sports Radio. Editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Pete Sweeney wrapping up. Leading you right in to Bank at Night. Start at 7. I'm sure he'll have some hot takes on the field and the move from Mexico City to L.A. But before we get to that, we are going to read your tweets. I asked for your tweets at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. And we'll go through them and talk about it. Matthew Mitchell says, Who has bigger defensive concerns right now, the Rams or the Chiefs? Even though the Chiefs are coming off a good game, I'd still like that Rams defense. I feel a little bit better about the Chiefs defense headed into this game this week, but I still would take the Rams uh, at this point, Tabby asked, do you think Mahomes' head will be in the game this Monday after his uh, girlfriend, Brittany's stepdad's passing? I think we've seen enough from the kid to know that he can handle pressure situations, whether that be against some of the top teams in the National Football League. We saw him go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady 
Not that it's exactly the same thing, but I think he'll be able to handle it. Once this kid gets in the game, you could see that there's a, a flip, uh, or I should say a switch that flips. Uh, there's a, you, you see him after the podium, or after the game at the podium, and, he, and he's very friendly. But during the game, you'll get a little bit of sass from him. He gets really, I think, his head into it. I don't think you have to worry about anything with that. Jacob says, Rams are giving away thousands of free tickets to residents. I'm starting to think the NFL didn't choose to switch fields for safety, but for the feel-good PR in prime time. Might be a long night for penalties this Monday. I uh, I could see where you could take that angle, but you, you did see a video of the field in Mexico City today with the resodding happening. I mean, that was certainly happening. Uh, it was such a bad video that the NFL, it seemed to have uh, KNBC delete their tweet. Uh, so, I, it's, again, I, it does look good for the NFL that they're giving away these free tickets, but let's just take it for what it is at this point. Mr. Perfect, will Eric Berry be able to play against the Rams? Sam Melger of the SAR is uh, saying via sources that he will not, which is no surprise. On Monday night, Dusty, it'll be 100 days since Eric Berry took the practice field. And I can still smell the fresh paint. (laughs) There you go. Brett Veach's burner account, would you rather have Patrick Mahomes' hair or Tyreek's? Give me the Mahomes' hair. I mean, that I think is part of his his whole vibe. Yeah, but Tyreek's kind of changes and gets, like, more color in it some weeks than others. So. <laughs> That's true. Tyreek does have some fancy hair. You, you can tell that Tyreek does worry about it a little bit more. Uh, Connor Bradley, is it possible to stop Gurley? Did the Chiefs defensive line have the talent to hold him to under 75 yards? There is no way in hell Todd Gurley is held to under 75 yards. Book it unless, you know, pending injury. Uh, it's whether or not the Chiefs can win and allow that. Will Marcus Peters be on Tyreek all night, Max asked. How much do we like that matchup? I think if you've been watching Marcus Peters against some of the elite wide receivers in the league the past few weeks, you got to love that matchup if you're the Chiefs. I think that being said, think about Marcus Peters when he used to play the Oakland Raiders as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. He is going to be up for this game. I hope for the player he gets reinvigorated. I like Marcus Peters, but against the Chiefs, again, you'd rather. Uh, he continues uh, this off streak, and Tyreek can burn him a few times. Matt, who are you most afraid to meet in the playoff Super Bowl? I actually fear the Saints a little bit more than I do the Rams right now. Uh, Saints are just playing well, and they haven't lost since week one. I like I like the teams that are that continue and are able to get it going. And uh, Again, when you get into the playoffs, you prefer these hot teams more so than uh, maybe one that has wins and then enters and backs into the playoffs somehow. Uh, so I'll take the Saints at this point. John Redmond says moving to L.A. was... Uh, the right thing to do. Bruce Banner says, now the game's in L.A., what do you think the Vegas line will be? That's a good question. That's a good question. It does change it a little bit. The Rams in Mexico City were two-and-a-half-point favorites the last time I checked. I think maybe L.A. gives them another point or two. They say that you get three points for being home. I'm going to go with four-and-a-half-point game, uh, game point spread uh, for the Rams. Last question, does Pete change his socks daily? Come on, of course I do, Karate Kid. I'm not going to come in here with dirty socks. That would be an insane thing to do. That's it for our Red Pride Radio. hope you enjoyed your time with us. Linebacker Sean Barber always bringing the hot takes. The American Dream, Dusty Likens, pushing the right buttons. I'm Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of AradPride.com. Keep it at AradPride.com for all your Chiefs updates. Bink at night. He's next.
Sportsman Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com.